Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a five-part series I am running on The Bard and Compliance, How Shakespeare Informs Your Compliance Program. I recently completed the study of some works from Shakespeare from the Teaching Company. The Teaching Company is one of the top organizations in the United States which provides first-rate college professors lectures, both in audio and video, on a wide variety of subjects. So, for instance, on Shakespeare, Peter Saccio has Shakespeare, the word and the action. Mark Connor has how to read and understand Shakespeare. And then one of my personal favorites, once again, Dr. Peter Saccio, Shakespeare, comedies, histories, and tragedies. If you're a lifelong learner like I am, you will greatly enjoy The Teaching Company. You can check out all of The Teaching Company courses at theteachingcompany.com. In this special five-part series, we're going to take a look at Shakespeare's Problem Place. We begin with All's Well That Ends Well in Compliance Resilience. We go on to Troilus and Cressida and Farce in Compliance as Tragedy. In Episode 3, we take a look at Measure for net measure and creating a game plan. In episode four, we consider a winter's tale and terminating a third party. And finally, we conclude with Timon of Athens and the Men Mob. I know you will enjoy this series as much as I've enjoyed producing. This is Tom Fox. Shakespeare and Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode three, Measure for Measure and Creating a Game Plan. Today, I want to consider measure for measure and creating a game plan. In the age of Me Too, this play has taken on a renewed and frankly disturbing existence. Seeing the play in the past year was a much different experience for me than the 20 years or so ago that I last saw it. Once again, while there are comedic elements, largely around the switching out of partners in a bedroom farce and a marriage proposal to end the play, there are some dark indeed very dark parts in the middle of the play. These elements include demeaning and debasement of the female lead protagonist, Isabel, leading to what modern critics today see as a rape of Isabel. The basic plot line of Measure for Measure is the Duke of Vienna leaves town ostensibly on a diplomatic mission, but in reality goes undercover to see how the city fares in his absence from his appointed judge, Angelo, who leads a moral crackdown. Claudio gets his fiancée pregnant, and although willing and able to do the right thing and marry her, Angelo condemns him to death. Claudio's sister, who is about to join a convent, goes to Angelo and pleads for Claudio's life. Angelo offers to spare her brother if she will cede her virginity to him. She refuses and says she will report his conduct to the appropriate authorities, and then comes one of the most chilling lines in all of Shakespeare, where Angelo says to Isabel, Quote, who will believe thee, Isabel, end quote. The farce part occurs when Isabel convinces Mariana, who loves Angelo, to perform the bedroom trick and substitute herself for Isabel, which she does. The Duke, who never left, returns and bades Angelo must marry Mariana and pardons Claudio, who is allowed to wed his fiancée. The Duke also proposes marriage to Isabel, who in an open silence says nothing, closing the play. This ambiguous ending is one of the reasons Measure for Measure is seen as a problem play. The violence, both physical and mental, visited upon Isabel by Angelo in the middle acts of the play put directly to the fore what many women have had to put up with in the workplace. Measure for Measure 
uh, reminded me, uh, or I was reminded rather of Measure for Measure when reading a recent article in Bloomberg Business News entitled How to Clean Up a Me Too Mess by Mary Pollan. It detailed the story of Cynthia Marshall, the new chief executive officer of the Dallas Mavericks, who was brought in to organize or the organization after a devastating Sports Illustrated article detailed both sexual harassment and sexual assault by senior Maverick management upon female employees. While this conduct did not include owner Mark Cuban, he was clearly shown to be responsible for allowing a toxic culture not only to exist but foster under the prior CEO, Terdemia Usuri. The story is not only important to show how the Mavericks turned things around in the face of withering negative publicity, but also Marshall's roadmap is one that any chief compliance officer can use if they find themselves similarly situated in a corruption scandal. According to Pylon, Marshall created a 100-day game plan to hit the ground running when she arrived on the job. It consisted of four parts, modeling zero tolerance, creating a playbook for women in the organization, transforming the culture, and approving operational effectiveness. After starting, she arranged for counselors to help the staff cope with what had happened, both the toxic culture and the public cloud surrounding it. She started a hotline for employees to submit anonymous reports of improper office conduct. She created jobs and filled open ones, bringing in a new head of human resources and a new CCO. The game plan included five steps that every CCO who faces catastrophic FCPA investigation and enforcement action should use. Number one, own the mistake but move forward. You should obviously cooperate with investigators, which is a key requirement of the FCPA corporate enforcement policy, but use this step to demonstrate to multiple stakeholders that things really have changed. Make clear there are new values that you're going to support them going forward. Two, create supportive communities for employees. No company company's employees want to be known as the bribery company or the cheater company. Almost all employees do have pride in their organizations. Use that passion to create support for those who are sick and tired of unethical behavior by their coworkers or senior management. This can be a powerful tool to help unearth unethical or even illegal conduct. Three, make new values clear. Continually drive home the message that unethical behavior will not be tolerated. Use internal social media to communicate with employees literally across the world. Get out of the corporate office and let as many employees as possible see you and your commitment to doing business ethically and in compliance with laws such as the FCPA. Four, do not be afraid to ask for help both inside and outside of your organization. If you need subject matter expertise, go get it. Use talent inside your organization as well. You can ask for input. You can ask for help. Keep your door open and work with as many stakeholders to get as many ideas. From there, you can winnow down into practical solutions. Five, invest in talent. The 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs and the 2017 FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy both made clear that the talent and expertise of the compliance function should be rewarded in terms of financial pay and opportunity for promotion in your company. If there is talent that has not been brought forward to do so, you should do so now. I hope you've enjoyed this episode three in my five-part exploration of Shakespeare's problem plays. Tomorrow we take up a winter's tale and terminating a third party. I hope you'll join me. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Bard in Compliance, Shakespeare's Problem Plays. Once again, this is based on a series of lectures I listened to on Shakespeare from the Teaching Company and other research I did on these plays. Thank you again for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for another episode. 
the special series of The Bard and Compliance, Shakespeare's Problem Plays, is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.